free kick on the edge of the box. Gareth steps up. Wales holds its breath. The tension builds. Ben Watson bites into a Jaffa cake. The CCS is deathly silent. But can he silence his critics? In spite of everyone and everything, Igwetha Paub Efope. He's still here. And he sticks it top bins. As the stadium erupts, you can hear a pin drop in Madrid. <laughs> Wales are one game away. Welcome to Not in Wales. Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that free kick, just when you... What I loved at half-time, when like, the entire half-time entertainment was just them showing on the big screen. <laughs> the free kick from, like, about 20 different angles is like, now we're going to show you it. From five degrees that way. <laughs> and now, now ten, <laughs> ten yards back. <laughs> no one was complaining. I could watch that free kick all yeah. the time. What I'd love to know, from, well, from anyone, really, who does those wobbly free kicks, <laughs> wobbly what's it called? It's called, is it wobble ball or something <laughs> knuckle ball knuckle ball right yeah is do they know has he hit it gone right I'm going to swerve that way and then swerve that way just in time but hit the, or is he just hitting it and hoping I think there's quite a lot of hope because it, because it's it's the perfect isn't it and it kind of swerves <laughs> one way and then swerves the other way just in time for it to, to just about get in the corner Whereas yeah. if, it, if it's a different way in a different time, it would have gone past the post or something. No, I don't know. I think it is, quite, I think it is mainly guesswork. Yeah. Hit and hope. Because a lot of the time, those those kind of free kicks go more into the middle of the goal, don't they? Like when they got a Slovakia goal, which was yes. the one that I... When that free kick first got given, I thought it's perfect position. Because it was just the same position as that Slovakia free yeah. kick in the year 2016 that he scored. Yeah, no, that's the thing. He scored so many of these that it can't be luck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but that one was so much more to the middle of the goal, wasn't it? It kind yeah, of beat yeah. the keeper because it's through, rather yeah, than no, because it people, was top and corner. And the keeper got his positioning off. Yeah, yeah. He, he was guessing Gareth, but he should have stayed. But yeah, no, what, what a fantastic game, wasn't it? Oh, God, it was amazing. It was almost everything I... I yeah, you'd hoped it would be, be yeah. yeah. Yeah, you couldn't write a better script, really. Yeah. I mean, it was uncomfortable, but then when they brought that one goal back, so the game started and it it was cagey. It was, it yeah. It was very cagey. What, what I realised was if for anyone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, <laughs> probably on this point listening to the wrong podcast, but um, but we're talking about Wales's 2-1 win versus Austria in the semi-finals of the World Cup playoffs, so through to the final. Yes. Yeah, the first while, what I noticed when you normally watch Cardiff is that not the passing involved and the way that both teams were trying to kind of like battle through the midfield. Everyone's mm. kind of pressing quite hard. It's quite a stressful game to watch because any one mistake could lead to, you know, a, a really kind of good attack yeah. for either team. And you're trying to, and you're watching these really good players like worm their way out of these like really tough situations. I also think a good way of telling how cagey a match is is how quickly people can take throw-ins. <laughs> because if people are more nervous, they're not gonna, especially at a throw-in. It's a dead ball situation. You've got all your options in front of you, and they just didn't want to give the ball away, mm. and it took them for. Well, it didn't oh, I get what you mean. When when like you'd just be waiting for the phone, and no yeah. one would be moving. There'd be no one. Yeah. Yes, I get what you mean. Yeah, that did happen a lot. Yeah, so it I think both teams well. were just so evenly matched, weren't they? That they really just kind of like there was no space really. But I mean, but, we yeah. said on the fo- I did say on the podcast because we were talking about some, some people thought Bale should be on the bench, and I said, well, even if he's not at his best, you can still take a free kick. <laughs> and and that's what broke the deadlock, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, so yeah, that was the first goal. 
Though to be fair, Austria had a couple of yeah great chance early doors before that free kick. Well, that really reminded me. I talked about that Slovakia game earlier on, but that really reminded me of the Ben Davis clearance yeah, uh, off the line. Yeah, because it was the again the start of a massive match. It was the first game of the Euros, first you know game for Wales in the major tournament for years and years. And yeah, it was about five minutes gone, like Hamzik goes through and looks like he scores and beats Tennessee mm. and Ben Davis out of nowhere comes through and clears it off the line yes and that was a point which I think everyone looks back at and thinks you know things could have been so different if that hadn't if that had gone in yeah and that and the same thing then with it was such an easy through ball wasn't it yeah and they really they really yeah very easily was it was it an ad switch went through as well yeah I um, think there was confusion on who was picking him up in that back mm. three so the uh, so Rob Page played with the back five me and Ben in our not not in Wales team decided for back four but Rob Page picked the back five and in that back three was Rodon and Perdue oh Ben Davis yeah and there, I think there was confusion on who was picking mm. people up but, uh, but as the game went on they got more comfortable yeah in that back. but but yeah so we went through and got and then Neko Williams it was that which we didn't actually I don't think I, I noticed at the time but he got a deflection which meant that it kind of looped onto the bar oh really so that would I don't think it would have gone in if it wasn't yeah. for so again, Necker Williams, if I hadn't been for that, things could have been so much different, I he think. He had an amazing game. Yeah, he was Nico fantastic. Williams, yeah. He was, oh, he was the best player on the pitch. Well, apart from Gaza, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved how in intro you just called him Gareth. Because that's what everyone else says, isn't it? If you, like... If you're called Gareth and you're not Gareth Bale, like you need to say his full name because uh, yeah. if you say Gareth, everyone just thinks it's Gareth Bale. <laughs> I remember early on, he gave the ball away or something, and I heard someone go, "Oh, fuck's sake, Gareth!" Couple of moments in front of us, which I just loved. <laughs> it really is just like, it it's like everyone's friend, isn't it? Like, yeah, everyone, like, everyone knows him. Everyone wants him to do so well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on, you can do better than this. Uh, yeah, Nico Williams did have an amazing game of football. Mm. Um, he had a he had a, a top underneath his shirt saying mm. um, R.I.P. Nan, yeah, Nana, yeah. I think, because his Nan sadly passed away, and you could tell because he didn't have to take a couple of shots around the box, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for an excuse to get that Wales shirt off, wasn't he? <laughs> Jesus, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like your Nan, but come on. Now. <laughs> But no, he was very yeah. And I thought Joe Allen was fantastic as well. Like, yeah. Someone who is kind of past his prime, isn't he, really? Yeah, these I mean, are two really... players that we didn't put in our team. Yeah. <laughs> but but it really made me laugh when when we got back to Cardiff and and your dad said, oh, well, the big three are playing. Yeah. And I, I remember something about a big three that people used to talk about. I couldn't remember who was the third player. What? No, Euro 2016. Yeah, I know, but I just couldn't think like because Joel now yeah, is yeah. such a championship player, isn't he? Yeah. And so it was funny when your dad said, "Oh, yeah, the big three are playing." Like, oh, you mean Joel? Because <laughs> now there's such a big gap between him and yeah. Rams and Bale. But he did. It was still like very, you know, it was like his back to his best, wasn't he? On no, he was. Yeah. In that game. I think. I think pe- players. I think for they show up for Wales. Mm. They have their best games of football for Wales. They seem to find that extra ounce of quality. Mm. But Still, I do get even. I think everyone wants to play for Wales, don't they? And this is like their big, you know, the big thing, really. I think it's in recent years. I think if you ask some of these players, especially Bale and Ramsey now, they're Welsh football players that occasionally play for other teams. <laughs> it's not that they're Real Madrid players who sometimes mm. go and play for Wales. This is their full time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're playing for Rangers in Ramsey's case, just to get fit for the World Cup. <laughs> I think that's the same for quite a lot of these players. Yeah. Especially the ones that don't get 
a lot of first team football. Mm. Like Joe Rodon doesn't get a huge amount of yeah. games. I mean, Danny Ward and goal. Yeah, exactly. It's he's a he is a Welsh football player and he occasionally plays for Leicester. Yeah, I think I don't I think that's because we've done so well in recent years that when you've got major competitions to look forward to, the international team seems like such a bigger part of your career. Yeah, you know when you're only just playing those qualifiers every two years or something, and then that's it. And a couple of friendlies. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not it's not you know you can't really have that as your whole career, can you? Whereas no. you can build a career off those major competitions. And they all seem to get on so well. Hmm. It is very nice to see. Yeah, and they all seem to be like they all. None of them seem like twats. No, no, yeah, no. You like all of them, don't you? Yeah. And when it, you compare that to like the England team, like exactly. You know I mean? it's well, a if bit you different, think isn't none of them are that big personalities. No, they're all quite quiet. I think they're a much nicer group of guys mm. than the England team. Let's say someone from my course went to school with Reese Norrington Davis. Oh, okay. So I was asking him about him, and he said he was very quiet in school. Mm. And I'm glad that this, because it's been quite a little while, hasn't it? Been this, between 2016 and now. I mean, I before the game, I watched a bit of the film Don't Take Me Home. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to get me in the mood. And it really, like, like they all look so young. <laughs> like, because a lot of these players now are past their prime, aren't they? Even, like, yeah. you know, Bale and Ramsey. And you saw them in their prime in 2016, and they look so, like, it seems like it was so, so long ago. But I'm so glad that even though it's a different, slightly different era now, it seems to have continued that kind of team spirit and... Yes. That kind of feel good factor in in Welsh in the well, I was team. I was very worried when these new players were starting to come in. Yeah, your Ethan Amphidus, your Harry Wilsons, your Nico Williams, that they'd that the team would also all kind of be split in two. That we'd have the older generation, yeah, the new ones, Hennessy, Ramsey, Bale, mm. keeping themselves themselves and not really mm. inviting these new players in. But I mean, it doesn't look that way. No. The, and I think I think Bale has a lot to to say for that because I think he, yeah. I think he does like, obviously he is the the figurehead, isn't he? And I think he does include the young players and make an effort to definitely talk to them and especially if you look at when uh, he moved to back to Spurs hmm. and Joe Rodon was there. Yeah, they've got a lovely friendship now. Well, yeah, it is that they have. This is just from like Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he might hate the kid. I don't know, <laughs> but it doesn't seem that way. They seem on it. They they obviously yeah. seem like good friends. So yeah, it is very nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're also about, I mean, the second goal as well for Bale, like, if you talk about the free kick, the second goal, I think, when you watched it live, looked quite like a routine finish in a way, like a clinical mm, finish. Yeah. Right? But when you saw it replayed, you think, wow, that is, again, a fantastic, you know, an amazing goal. For one, the touch, it's such an unorthodox <laughs> touch. It was like, like, you know, it wasn't like, the way to kind of like contort your body to get that touch. Yeah. To, to get you into that little piece of space, because it's a very crowded box. Had that little bit of space and that angle, he could only get it like, like anywhere like more to the left than the keeper would have saved it. It only could only be in that kind of right kind of side netting kind of thing. Yeah, he, he's good, isn't he? He is. No, that was a very good goal. It was a very good goal. He isn't a striker. I no. didn't watch him and think he's a striker. There was a couple of times during that game where he should have been in the box and he yeah, no, back. yeah, no, he he quite often he he was playing like an attacking midfielder, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, and I think we did lack that mm. out and out striker. A couple of times, obviously, it was all well and good. We won the game, but I think there was a couple of things I wasn't massively happy with. I wasn't like uh, <laughs> Dan James. This is me being very pessimistic, picking holes in a very good Welsh performance. Dan James didn't have a great game. Mm. We've seen him play much better in Welsh. Oh yeah, game. I mean, it's finishing when he went through on goal oh. and stuff like that. It was horrendous. But I think he'll turn up in June. Do you? Yeah. Would you start him? Oh, yeah, I still definitely start him. Yeah. Harry Wilson again. He didn't have a great game. 
in yeah. my opinion. I don't think he's horrendous. No, no, none of the players were horrendous. Yeah. But and I think if Kiefer Moore gets back fit, Harry Wilson's dropping out of the starting eleven. Are you, are you starting Kiefer then? I'm starting Kiefer. I think I am too. Getting rid of Harry Wilson, bringing Ramsey deeper mm. to play alongside Joe Allen. Oh, and then barely like sense, yeah, attacking yeah. midfield. Yeah, that works. But I think I might start Brendan instead of Dave James. I thought Brendan looked really good when he came on. No, he's only yeah, gone no, for a few he, minutes, but no, I, I, I'd still start to Dave mm. James. But that's the thing we can decide in June. But I think what, what and I like to page will pick a completely what, what I like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing we'll talk about all this in, in our big preview for, yeah. for June. But what I did like about that team selection was it was a very experienced team, wasn't it? It was kind of like the most yeah. kind of basic Welsh team you could pick, isn't it? In yes. a way, like we talked about, we talked about that like, playing Brendan Johnson and people like that, Silver Thomas. They aren't really sure what sort of side are they. They'd be playing, I don't know how many caps they've got, but not many. Whereas the people we went was probably Dan James, Harry Wilson, Joe Allen. You know, like mm. these people have been in the team for years and they're used to playing for Wales. I think in that kind of big match, I think in a way that was the right decision to go for. Yeah. And no, possibly I agree. again in, in June then. That kind of. Yeah. No, I, Joe Allen sold me. He's in my team. For yeah, June. yeah. He had a, yeah, he had a great game. Yeah. yeah, and I, there was times, especially to start with, when it was so cagey, and you gave him the ball, and you did feel a bit more reassured. Mm. You didn't think he was going to make a horrendous mistake, mm. and he kept the ball well, and no, he he played very well. It did get nervy near the end, it but did. I thought I thought we were pretty good defensively. We were, yeah, I thought we were fairly solid. Yeah, there was, yeah. Again, early doors. There were a couple of times where I wasn't hugely mm. confident with with this the organisation of the back three, but I think I think they did well. Um, what, I, what I didn't like was right near the end when he brought I think he brought Bale off and then put on Chris Metham yes and went for what four, what six at the back I suppose yeah but I just thought that when you when you've done quite well really as a as a five you could see I think it's Ben Davis talking to and saying like what's going on you know talking to yeah. Paul Page and and I think just in those like last few minutes you don't want any confusion you don't want any like oh who's picking him up yeah no I would, yeah I don't think I would have brought him on I would have brought Bale off for a fresh pair of legs mm. but I wouldn't have Messed with that back five. Yeah. Also, it's a five. Like, <laughs> like you probably don't need any more defenders. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else in midfield, sure. Yeah. But, um, in an ideal world, you would have brought Ethan Ampadu on to play as a, a mm. defensive midfielder in front of them, but he was already on the pitch, mm. and you don't really want to bring him out. Of the that's three. the thing. Why wasn't because Will Vox wasn't in twenty three, and he, I think he would have been a good person to put on in that situation. Yeah, maybe. I also was worried that they'd they'd get a equalise, and then we'd have to play. Uh, extra time without Bale. Yes, no, and no, no. with Chris Mappham. <laughs> 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 I thought that about Bale. I didn't. I didn't think that Chris Mappham. That would be very funny playing extra time with six at the back. Yeah. No, no, Chris Mappham up front. <laughs> but yeah, everything else surrounding the game was also incredible. Hmm. Oh yeah, no, really. Because I think that the weather was amazing, and it really felt. Yeah. It felt almost like a major tournament game, didn't it? Like that kind of summer kind of. Yeah. Cause me, yeah, and me and Ben got the train down. Mm. It felt like an away day. We were there, Ben with his whale shirt on, moving my bucket yeah. the whole train journey. And we got off the train at Cardiff, and as soon as the doors opened, we saw about 100 bucket hats. Yeah, it really did feel like such an event, didn't it? Like, yeah, no, it was very good. And then we had to get to the stadium early <laughs> to see David Ewan. Yeah. But I'm, glad, I'm very glad you saw him, who I quoted in my intro. Yeah. Who sang Emma O'Heed. And he brought the house down, didn't he? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good, wasn't it? It really got got the atmosphere going, and yeah. I mean, he, he cried. I think he said it was his best gig he's ever done. Yeah, you know, it's only one song, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was yeah, very emotional. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you weren't there, go and watch mm. it. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, 
I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It was it was very it was very good. Yeah. We walked into I me and my dad walked into the stadium just as he started. Singing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would I would have been quite disappointed if I missed it in the end. Like I haven't seen it like like if I'd watched it on YouTube after. Like, oh, yeah, I missed that. Like so those of you that don't know possibly aren't Welsh listening to this. David Yuan is a 70, 80 year old folk singer. Uh, he used to be president of Plaid Cymru, who's the Welsh nationalist uh, political party. So he's very Welsh, <laughs> and he's an advocate for the Welsh language as well. And in the 80s, I think 82, 83, he wrote it and recorded it. He wrote Amro Heed, which is this folk song sung in Welsh, which translates to we're still here and at the time things weren't that great in Wales the coal mines were shutting down the steelworks all that jazz and the Welsh national movement wasn't very big so he had he wrote this song to kind of keep everyone's spirits up I guess and then for 40 years he's been playing it to Eisteddfods and <laughs> church halls and town halls and whatever and and then about halfway through he started crying yeah which it I think he, he has actually said that he normally cries when he sings. Oh, okay. So me and Ben were watching it, like we were seeing his face on the big screen, and I was like, "Oh, Ben, he's crying!" Like thinking, "Oh, he's he's overcome with emotion because it was very emotional." Yeah. But no, he normally cries anyway. <laughs> what I did enjoy was trying to spot him. Everyone, yes. everyone had different ideas of where he was because <laughs> they put him, they didn't really put him in the middle of the picture or anything. They put him like right next to the crowd. Yeah, because I was yeah I was expecting tenter circle. Yeah. Or or by the tunnel maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I. I get to the seats and he's already starting singing. I'm going to Ben. Where is he? Ben, where yeah. is he? And Ben just goes, "Oh, he's over there." And just has this like vague hand gesture. <laughs> it's like you don't have a clue where he is, do you? <laughs> I'd seen this like one like grey-haired guy like <laughs> near, near the tunnel, and yeah, for, for the, definitely like over half the song, I thought that was it. <laughs> and then you found him in the end. So yeah. the last. So he was minute, on the. He was on a little stage uh, in the corner by the grandstand and the canton stand. And they were putting him on the big screen, <laughs> so he couldn't have really been much further away from me and Ben. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> me and Ben true. were right at the top of the the red stand. But no, it was very good. I'm mm. very glad. I, I'm very glad I saw it. Yeah. And then they they sang it again at uh, full mm. time. The crowd. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. I recommend listening to it if you haven't. Yeah. But but yeah, let's move on from. Yes. from uh, we talked about it quite a lot, but obviously, I mean, when it comes to June now, it's I think in such a football is that you kind of get going in it, don't you? And yeah. it stops so suddenly, unless and it's a major tournament. Yeah. You kind of focus on it, and then it's like, oh, like something happens, and it's like, oh no, we've got to wait for like a few months until <laughs> the next kind of instalment. Yeah. So but, to end this, I'm going to ask Ben: Scotland or Ukraine? Do you know what? Scotland have a good team. Tierney might be injured. Really? Yeah. But when you do look at the team, you know, Andy Robertson, like, um, that guy Luke from Tomine. Aston Villa. Oh, the little one. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, I know exactly who you mean. I think their attack isn't very good. Callum Patterson up front. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, the fact, obviously, they're, they're full-backs, so they're their biggest champ, aren't they? Well, they've got a very similar situation mm. problem as Austria. Because Austria's best player, as we mentioned in, on the pod, was Alaba, who mm. is a fullback. And you can't really affect the game that much as a fullback. You mm. can have a good game, but you can't affect it as much as a midfielder or a striker. Yeah. Well, as you like, a bail, you know. Exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? You, 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 cannot, you can't really steal the show at left back. Yeah. And Scotland's two best players mm. are both left backs um, Robertson and Tierney, who play for Liverpool and Arsenal. 
McGinn, McGinn, yeah, John, John McGinn. McGinn. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah. So again, and Tierney might be injured, but how do you really affect the game yeah. as a fullback? So I think that's one of Scotland. And I think their centre backs are amazing, are they? There's that one that plays for Nottingham Forest, who's quite good. I think he's Scottish. Oh, I don't know. I just, I just think they're. Oh, in, yeah, in the important. I mean, this is similar to us in some ways, but in the in the important, in the spine of the team, I mean, the midfield is quite good, but centre back and striker and goalkeeper, they're quite weak. Oh, Ben, wash your mouth out, goalkeeper. No, they don't. They, they don't play David Marshall. Oh, okay, yeah, then I fully, fully agree. With you. <laughs> no, I agree. If, if they had David McKenna, Marshall, then, McKenna. Yeah. No, if they had David Marshall, then, then obviously that's the great. Yeah, but we're not getting world. past them if they've got. Yeah. Died. Dave the Saving. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that'd be a very tight game. I I actually think their squad is marginally better than us. They don't have a Gareth Bale, and no, that's the thing. That's is if, the thing. if Gareth they plays the way he did on in March, then we'll be fine. I think, but yeah, I think they've got better players than this, but they've got them in the wrong positions. Yeah. The midfield, like oh, Billy Gilmore, Scott McTominay, and John McGinn, that's pretty decent. Isn't it? Yeah, true. Although I don't think Billy Gilmore's actually that good. Hmm, I don't know. So yeah, so I don't know. I. Oh, what's his face? Uh, that uh, used to play for Swansea. Is he Scottish? That striker. The 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 twat. Oh, uh, Ollie McBurney. Ollie McBurney. Uh, yeah, I think he's he, oh, he might play. He's not that good, is he? Well, no, he started. What he's gone off the boil a bit, isn't he? Yeah, he's Scottish. Yeah. Is he still at Sheffield? I don't know. I feel like he hasn't scored in ages. Yeah, no, he's still at Sheffield. But um, Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's gone off the boil. So yeah, I'm not concerned about him. I'm not concerned about him. Um So I th- I personally think Ukraine are gonna I think the occasion's gonna carry them through. Do you think so? Yeah. If they can get a team together, which I think they will. Yeah. I think. I mean Who's it who's at home? It's Scotland at home. Scotland at home. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean that that Scottish crime is gonna be rocking, isn't it? For I think it's gonna be tight and I I don't like I think both games have such a like off the pitch thing with them, do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like well if it's Scotland it's always oh, Wales against Scotland, like yeah. and one's gonna go through and and if it's Ukraine, obviously, like there's that. Yeah. I I kind of wish there was an option to just play like another like Austria or someone, which is some team that yeah. is just a football team in the in the country that we haven't got anything particularly. Yeah. Kind of. But anyway, if we do get to the World Cup, our group has yeah, been chosen oh yeah. for us. So the draw was a couple of days ago. So if we do get to the World Cup, our group will be Iran, the USA. And of course, England. <laughs> I was very happy with that group. I am not happy. I, I don't was... want to play England again at a major tournament. It takes away... If we get to the World Cup, it should be uh, about us getting to the World Cup. It shouldn't mm. be about us playing England. And it pisses me off. Same thing happened at Euro 2016. The whole narrative that the fucking BBC were painting was... Well, was oh, Wales, England, Wales, England, Wales, England. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and it's just going to be the same thing we go all the way to Qatar and play fucking England yeah piss me off I don't know I do love a game against England but I know but our record against massive. them has been shocking yeah I know but this is all this is all I'm saying this just 
based on the fact that I think we'll lose. If we win, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, that's what and I mean. I it'll be the and best weather. And, 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 and another way, we've, we haven't got much to lose, have we? Because everyone is expecting England to win. I mean, England, I people expect England to win the whole thing, you know. I'm, I'm done with derbies. <laughs> we'll come on to that later. But, but, no, but even if you take away England, right, that group is a very good group. When you look at some of the other groups... The other two are winnable games. Like, I, th- I do think... Like, I think if we get through, I think... If we get to through the World Cup, I think us and England will go through that group. I'm not so sure, but I think the USA have put up a very good fight. Mm. Um, but I do think that it, it is a winnable game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what order we, play, we would play them in, but I I'm, think I'm trying not to think about it too much, just in case we don't get there. I've got a feeling England is last. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll bet them first, to be fair. Yeah. Anyway. I know there's one game... I think both two of our games are um, at 7pm and then the middle game I think it might be against Iran is 10am on a Friday morning oh fuck <laughs> off Qatar <laughs> oh I fucking hate Qatar <laughs> there is absolutely nothing I like about that country mm. oh fucking shit we go to we if we do end up going to one a World Cup we go to the fucking worst one they've had in mm. ages Oh, it's too hot. They're pricks. <laughs> it's miles away. It's going to cost a fortune to get to. Mm. And then if you can't get to it, you've got to wake up at fucking 6am to watch the fucking game. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's move on to the Welsh Society, because I'm sure all our, all our listeners are dying <laughs> to hear. Because it's been quite, it's been quite a while since our last pod- podcast. So, I was, we were both in Cardiff, and I stayed in Cardiff for a bit longer. Yes. Patrick's had his theatre production. Yes. Know, so you've been quite busy, so that's why it's been so long since our last our last podcast. But yeah, let's talk about what's happened with Welsh Shock. So yeah, you're probably expecting to hear two results from Welsh Shock mm. seeing his for, since our last podcast has been two Wednesdays. However, the one of the games was postponed because the pitch got double booked <laughs> with At very late notice as well. Very late notice, like ten AM on the Wednesday. Mm. We're meant to play at um half three. But that's for that was for all games, mm. and some games played before us. Anyway, so that game is postponed. We were meant to play EE, but we will now play them at some point after Easter, which meant well, we were unsure for a while whether they were going to rearrange the mm, game. They yeah, it's good, very good that it was rearranged because otherwise that would have um... that would have killed our title chance. Mm. However, we managed to do that ourselves <laughs> the following Wednesday because we played uh, ISOC B. Mm. We lost 4-1. Four, 4-1, one. Four, one, yeah. I do have to say they were probably my least favourite team we played in terms of their personality. Mm. They were, didn't see, They didn't come across that nice. No, no. They were, they, were, they were a very dirty team. Yeah, they were. Lots of fouls. On, on Dom particularly as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was getting hacked down left, right, and centre. He was not happy. Yeah, and we played really well. It was a very frustrating game, wasn't it? It was a weird because I think again, like we seem to say this every week, but I think uh, we'd assembled the best Welsh shock team ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a very strong team. I know some of our friends who weren't at the game were like, "How is that team that lost four-one in the bottom league?" Yeah, because it, it it's a team which. Uh, has some really good players in that. Yeah. Um but we didn't take our chances. Hmm. We had a penalty very early that Elliot 
unfortunately missed. Yeah, but I was, it was tough. They had quite a good keeper. No, he didn't miss. He had the keeper save. Yeah, and um, and when you got a good keeper, it's difficult in the seven side goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it was a plethora of. Yeah, we went, so we went 1 0 down, didn't we? And we had the penalty. Yeah. Missed that, then equalised anyway. Um, yeah. I think Dom has now scored as many goals as the rest of Rorschach combined. <laughs> I think that's the start of that. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for it. And then the game just went away from us, didn't it? It did. That's the thing. We had all of the ball, which is kind of unusual for us. Yeah. And they were trying to hit us on the break with these like long balls. I was playing as a sweeper keeper sometimes, <laughs> which I don't normally do. Didn't do too badly. Mm. They managed to play these through balls, and th- th- if their striker got the end of it, Jesus Christ, he could finish. <laughs> yeah, he could, couldn't he? <laughs> I didn't really stand much chance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Everyone played. Everyone played quite well. Yeah, it was frustrating. the The result definitely doesn't reflect the performance. No, I thought so. Um, but hopefully, we, we've still got a say in the who wins the title because if we beat EE, then it could change this because yes. you're top at the moment but I think we're definitely capable of but we could also them. we do have stuff, something to play for because we could still finish bottom I okay. don't want us to do that no but I think that would be a really like, harsh finish having at the season we've had Cypriot, have on, Cypriot on three mm. uh, Architecture on four and we're on four so it is very much still to play for mm. who finishes bottom and I will I do not want us to be the bottom team in IMS no no no, I agree. Um, so we're not we're not that bad anymore. We're not that bad. So I th- I think yeah, if we win if we win on Wednesday. Oh, God, on, what a on. slogan for a football team! <laughs> eh? We'll get there on the badge. <laughs> well, stop. We're not that bad. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think if, cause if we win against the, I think we could get well third maybe or. Yeah, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to get. I think that'd be quite nice to have be in the top half, you know. But yeah, EE will be. They won again. Yeah, and I think it's quite tight. There's a big celebration when they scored. Yeah, so, so they'll be. F- they're very um, much up for it, I think. Yeah, they'll be fighting for the title mm. and a little trophy, a little plastic trophy, which we will never get. Never get. <laughs> so yeah, um, after this, it'll be mine Men's last game. Yeah. But we'll have some plenty, don't we? And, and yes. apparently, there's there's rumours of a, a, a tournament, like a knockout tournament, yeah. taking place over one day, which would be so much fun. Yeah. I mean. It'd be quite quick for us. Like, <laughs> fun to watch the rest of it. But I hope that some of so Ben plays for the radio and mm. I play for the theatre team as well. So hopefully they'll be involved in that as well. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can get more of a day out of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Yeah. To ice hockey. So, kind of a feature of this podcast now is me explaining different. <laughs> Every as different as different. Yeah. Um, so I've explained Welsh women's football and their pyramids, Welsh men's football and their pyramid. And now I want to take you on a journey to the elite ice hockey league. So that is the top flight of British ice hockey. And Cardiff Devils, Cardiff's ice hockey team, competes in that with nine other teams. So there's 10 teams in the Elite Ice Hockey League. It's the way it works is quite kind of confusing. Each team plays the other nine teams uh, six times, three home, three away. See, that was a lot in the 54 games of the season. That's yeah, lot, it? It, is very, it is a lot. And I haven't even finished. So the league champion is the team with the highest number of points at the end of that. I mean, if you can't understand that, I don't know what you're doing. 
but now now there's playoffs so there's the teams placed one to eight so nine and ten are out of the playoffs so you only have to finish in top eight <laughs> to be in the fucking playoffs <laughs> seems a bit silly also by the way this league structure's changed about five times since the uh, the league was started so yeah at the end of the regular season the playoffs take place so the quarterfinals are two-legged games and it's whoever wins on aggregate home and away so then four teams go through to the semi-finals and I should say that the playoffs are seeded so one plays eight two plays seven same thing happens in the semi-finals with the highest seed playing the lowest seed and all of these playoffs happen on one weekend so a Saturday the semi-finals take place and on the Sunday the final oh, takes good. place and they all take place in the National Ice Centre in Nottingham oh wow really? yeah so we should probably go yeah because I think they take place in the summer sometime that does sound like quite a good format hmm. to finish a season on a weekend yeah you could, have, you could stay you could go up for the Saturday stay over so, so but if you finish fun. if you finish off the top of the league you've then also got to win the playoffs that's the thing this is the bit I don't like about this yeah. structure is you can have the winner of the league and then you can have a different winner of the playoff yeah. and I think they should get rid of the winner of the league and commit everything to the playoff structure no but I think everyone's always going to have like they're going to say that, oh they won the league even if they haven't like officially won the league yeah something. but I think that actually counts less I think in people's consciousness in ice hockey fans I think it matters more if you win the playoffs than if you win the league but if, if 8 teams out of 10 are in the playoffs Really, it's all down to those playoff games, isn't it, at the end of the season? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that there's 54 games a season, right? There's a lot of pointless games in that, <laughs> <laughs> What I think they should probably do... Firstly, there is, yeah, there are too many games. And I think it's similar to the playoffs in NFL. So you have the winner of the AFC and the NFC. And that's kind of like... That is a title, you get a trophy, but it isn't really worth that much. And I feel like the winner of the league is a similar thing hmm. and then the winner of the AFC and the NFC meet in the Super Bowl hmm. I think they should probably have something similar maybe they split the league in two yeah. maybe just go off the NFL I think that might work hmm. I could see that working is there any rele- relegation or is it just that no no relega- promotional just relegation yeah if you want you, I think you have to buy your way into the league Okay. it seems very dodgily hmm. run if I'm yeah. being perfectly honest and the Milton Keynes team dropped out a couple of years ago so it was 11 teams hmm. um, they dropped out and they didn't replace them with anyone hmm. and then so as well as those uh, 54 league games you have Challenge Cup games now before the Challenge Cup games were just league matches which they said also count for the Challenge Cup Okay. which I think is a bit ridiculous yeah, yeah. and basically it's surely just telling you hang on do we have too many league games <laughs> But I think these happen differently now, as d- separate games altogether. And you are split into three groups. The groups are Group A, Dundee Stars, Five Flyers, Glasgow Clan. Some of these names are cracking up. <laughs> then Group B is Cardiff Devils, Coventry Blaze, and Guildford Flames. Then in Group C, Manchester Storm, Nottingham Panthers, and Sheffield Steelers. It's all regionalised. It is these ones are regionalised. It's interesting as well to hear because if there's so many, so few teams, it's interesting to hear like it's like what, Guildford and like yeah. you think it'd be like all like Liverpool and yeah big and, cities like, yeah but Birmingham. no not at all. It is also the 
only league in the UK that has teams from every nation mm. all competing against each other, which yeah. I think is quite a fun yeah. aspect. Anyway, so then the Challenge Cup. I'm kind of bored of ice hockey now. <laughs> Challenge Cup format. Group stage, um, three groups. You'll play the other two teams uh, twice at home and twice away. Mm. Then the group winners will advance directly to the quarterfinals. The remaining five teams shall be ranked. How's there five teams left? So then the other teams are ranked based on those games. Ninth and tenth are eliminated. So we're basically at the playoffs again, aren't we? Yeah. So you've got the top eight teams. <laughs> then the quarterfinals. Um, <laughs> the uh, competing over two legs <laughs> on aggregate. <laughs> With it, this is, the Challenge Cup is basically the playoffs again. Then the semi-finals. The top team will play the lowest team. And but these are contested over two legs, so it's actually yeah. radically different from the playoffs. Then, so basically, what they kind of what they've got there is a better idea of how to do the league, or like how to do the league over a small number of games. Yeah, and then the final um, to, is a one-off game. Mm. But yeah, so Cardiff Devils are our team, are the only Welsh team in the league. They're very good, aren't they? They are very good. In the eighties, they were completely dominant. Mm. Um, they won. I think seven of the, um, they won seven of one of the things. <laughs> no, they were very good. I just think that's that they just need more teams, don't they? They do need more teams. So it's not that every team played each other six times in the. Like it's how many not. times in the like if you got the the challenge cup as well, it must be, it's like each team like what five like what maybe like eight nine ten times a year. Yeah. That's a huge amount. You must get so bored of playing the same teams. Yeah. Well, I went to a. Nottingham Panthers game in first year. Mm-hmm. I won tickets to go, and it was a, it was it was a fun night out. Mm. Oh yeah, no, ice hockey is good to, to yeah. go to, isn't it? It's good atmosphere and stuff. Uh, so they were playing, maybe Sheffield Steelers. I'm completely guessing. Uh, they won. No, they were they were playing Belfast Giants, and they were playing them like two days later. Yeah. So it, it just didn't it's seem just, that. It just doesn't make sense, does it? I don't know. I, I, I don't see why you can't have a team from Liverpool or. Like why can't you have more teams? Like surely there's other cities and other regions that want to put up there. Uh, yeah. Because there's plenty of money in ice hockey. You know, they get good, good, good crowds. Mm. There's not. There's not. They get quite good crowds for the. Yeah, yeah, not bad crowds. There doesn't seem to. There's no. That's the thing. There's no media coverage of it. Yeah. So you might not. But yeah, it's never on the news. No. It might occasionally be on the Welsh news if. Cardiff Devils do really well. Mm. We're not good at the, as a nation, we're not that good at it. So we don't have players at the Olympics doing well, all that jazz. So we get very little coverage from that, which then. Is there international ice hockey? Yeah, at the Winter Olympics. Is that the only time it's on? There's no like World Cup of ice hockey? Oh, there probably is. You know, mm. there is an ice hockey World Cup, the International Hockey World Cup. Oh no, the Ice Hockey World Cup. Uh, an annual international men's ice hockey tournament. Hmm, but you never hear about it, do you? No, that's the thing. Well, maybe if you lived in Finland, you might. Yeah. But it does seem like one of the things... So we were watching the Winter Olympics when it was on. Tokyo won. We were very bad yeah. at all of the events apart from curling, which is only because is only um, Scotland are decent at it. But the events like ice hockey and speed skating don't require winter weather so there's no reason why we can't be good yeah, yeah. we've just got to put investment yeah. into them so how are Cardiff, how are Cardiff yeah. Devils doing this year? right so Belfast Giants are top with 
80 points, then Sheffield Steelers with 77, and then Cardiff Devils with 67. Okay. So quite comfortably third, because fourth are Nottingham Panthers with 51. Yeah. So with ice hockey, you get two points for a win, and one point for an overtime defeat. Okay. <laughs> so if you can't, if it's if it's a draw, oh, they just play overtime. They have to play overtime. Okay, that kind of makes sense. And um, overtime is three versus three, which I thought was quite fun. Okay, yeah. And uh, first goal wins. Hmm. So yeah, they're quite comfortably third. So they'll definitely make it into the playoffs. Thank God. <laughs> um, it's looking like so the two teams outside the playoffs are Manchester Storm and Fife Flyers. Hmm. Yeah, fingers crossed for the playoffs. I'm not sure what they're doing in the Challenge Cup. Let's have a look. So they're top of their group, but that's not surprising because Belfast and Sheffield aren't in their group. Mm. So they're top of their group um, with 15 points. So mm, that's good. they should make it into the quarterfinals quite comfortably. <laughs> and then who knows? Maybe we'll get a chance to it's, it's all just like built up to these a small number of massive games, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. These playoffs and these quarterfinals and stuff. Right. Enough about our Yeah, yeah, let's move on to the, the Welsh football teams, shall we? Let's. Well, let's talk about the, the match that you don't want to talk about. So, there's, yeah, so the Welsh football teams have had a couple of games, and for the first one, Ben's going to talk about I'm going to put my fingers in my ears and Who? hum, because I'm pretending it didn't, it didn't happen because I wasn't there and I didn't watch it on telly. So, mm. in my head, it hasn't happened. So, Ben's going to tell you all how, how it went, and I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. <laughs> well, this is the thing, because it wasn't... For the first time, <laughs> la, 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 for the la, first la. time in that I can remember, it wasn't on TV, which is I kind of get what Patrick means. Is it sometimes it doesn't feel like it happened, but that, that's probably a good thing that we couldn't watch it because yeah, so it was a South Wales derby, Cardiff against Swansea. Swansea won four 0 at at Cardiff, which was an absolutely shocking result. Um, yeah, it really was horrendous. It was the first time so the derby's been going on for hundred ten years, hundred ten year history. And it's the first time that someone's done the league double. Um, so Swansea won at home and away and Swansea won 3-0 at home so it's a, a 7-0 aggregate which is pretty resounding isn't it yeah and, and another like, really bad stat is that Cardiff only scored once in the last 7 games against Swansea which really does show like just how like how bad we are against Swansea and how how difficult it is for us to, to score against them it was only 1-0 at half time so that is a thing that it could have uh, those goals kind of came near the end like I think the third goal was in 70 something minute and the last goal was in the 82nd I think so so it wasn't like they went 4-0 up in the first half but but still it's obviously not not good at all Swansea had 59% possession which I was actually expecting to have more considering they normally get kind of like 65-70 I thought that against Cardiff it would be even more maybe like towards the 75-80 mark but, but no only 59% but but yeah no pretty pretty bad for for Cardiff. There's definitely a lot of a lot of questions asked because we kind of we stood off them a lot. I think C Morrison his tactic was to, to kind of let them play and that wasn't the way to play against Swansea and it also wasn't the way the fans wanted us to, to wanted to watch. You know in the, in the South Wales derby they want us to get stuck in and mm. you know get into them. <laughs> well, that that's the one area that we should always be better than them. Yeah physically hmm. and with aggression we should always be better than them they can they, 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 they'll be able to pass it around us all day it would take hmm. us years to change our squad to have one that, that passed as well as them hmm. but we should be more aggressive than them and we should win the physical fu- uh, 
physical fight. Mm. Like we we should, um, and the fact that we conceded from set pieces mm. was completely unacceptable. Yeah, we shouldn't be conceding set pieces against a team like that. Yeah, we shouldn't be conceding set pieces against anyone. Yeah, but I think the international break came at the wrong time because we were doing so well before, and then it's been they've had a two week break and it's just. I was really surprised by the result because I, d- I did think that I wasn't sure whether we were going to win or even draw, but I don't think we'd lose 4 0. We just seem to have been doing so well recently that, that it didn't seem like that kind of result. But I'm having a biscuit to <laughs> cheer myself up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be. So well done to them, whatever. I'm sure we're going to hear about this until the day that I die. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be a very big summer for Cardiff City. Hmm. I think. So we've heard reports. That I think uh, it was the Telegraph that reported that Evans Tan's put the club up for sale. I don't mm. think that's actually true, mm. but he's always said that he would sell it at the right price. The club is now losing two million pounds a month. Mm. That's completely unsustainable. Something needs to change, and something big needs to change soon. The Emiliano Sala court, uh, the trial, uh, uh, court of arbitration for sport that's still going on we've made our case I think we just got to hear the result so that might help us out financially maybe but mm. again that would be 20 million pounds that we'd have to spend and we're losing 2 million a mm. month that's not really going to last us that long the town's putting a lot of money in just to keep us afloat so I think something drastic needs to change and it might be him selling it yeah That'll be interesting. I don't know who's. I think three people have put an interest or something, but but mm. I don't really know who they are. One of them will be Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley. He's always in. He, so those who don't know, Mike Ashley. I suppose finish eating. <laughs> Mike Ashley used to be the owner of Newcastle. Bought them when they were in the Championship. Took them up to um, the Premier League, and to say that Newcastle fans like Mike Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous they all hate him so he's the owner of Sports Direct and now House of Fraser uh, Jack Wills so and then he sold them recently to Saudi Arabia so he's probably looking to buy another club and do a similar thing because I think he made money the main thing the main problem Newcastle fans had with him is, is once he got them into the Premier League he stopped putting as much money into the club and he was just trying to m- make as much money for himself as he could off of the club I don't, I don't actually think that's a horrendous thing to do like you are if you are a businessman mm. it's, the, it's the it's the kind of tricky thing with football isn't it is this kind of you've got the fans who for them it's their passion and and then you've got these kind of business people that are looking to make money from that yeah but yeah I think Cardiff City is I think it's lo- it lost its way a long time ago basically mm. I think and, and also Derby are going into administration looking for buyers and apparently he's interested in that mm. so basically in my head if he's interested in buying Derby and yeah. administration he'd be Cardiff City is looking like a much mm. um, more attractive proposition and I I think it's a bigger city mm. with a bigger fan base yeah no I, I agree I do think we are quite attractive in some ways yeah like I, everyone talks about us as like being like a like a sleeping giant but mm. and I think with the Welsh football team doing so well I think that is making a lot of people in Wales go ooh they're peaking interest in football hmm. and if they can convert some of those into Cardiff City fans possibly hmm. who knows um, 
but yeah I think he might be interested in this which I'm very worried about I don't particularly want no, him to take over no. I think he'd sell the soul f- of a club and we've already had a businessman do that once mm. I don't want it to happen again but yeah I think Cardiff City has lost its way as a club a long time ago and I think bringing Neil Warnock in covered up some of those mm. cracks and he did an amazing job and I love Neil Warnock but he didn't solve our problems Yeah, he taped over them got us to the Premier League again and then since he's left we've been trying to replace him and that hasn't that is never going to solve our problem no I, I do think it is time for a change isn't it in terms of the ownership mm-hmm. I think Tam I think he lost his interest a long time ago didn't he um, apparently he's keeps on saying he's got a sweet, so- sweet spot for us because we were his first football club and stuff mm. I don't buy that at all no I think he's just waiting for a good price yeah I think, I, 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 I think, I think there's one thing Vincent Tan cares about and that is Vincent Tan <laughs> I just think it would be exciting to have someone new and to have someone that's going to have some energy about them I think Tan yeah. is just kind of sustaining things now isn't he like he said waiting for the right owner or something yeah whereas to have someone new that is like right, I'm gonna t- I want to take this somewhere so yeah I think some of what we've done recently has been quite good so some of the signings we've made recently have been very sensible and very clever Mark McGuinness a great example we got him for free after we left Arsenal's academy great idea and a great player and I think we've brought in a couple of new scouts which have done really well the Perry NG another great signing recently but I mean it's, it's hardly that exciting is it I'm talking about Perry NG like he's a great player but he's not great is he yeah he doesn't excite, just, excite you I get him in there's no excitement in the club anymore. And Kiefer Moore going. Hmm. Big Uche. I love Big Uche, but I think there's a lot of soul searching that needs to go on Club City Football Club. Um, I think. I remember us talking years and years ago. We were talking about Stoke. This was like before Neil Warnock took over. Yeah, yeah. And the running joke for football fans is. Stoke play a very certain type of football which is long ball football and everyone's like say if we're playing IMS and people are playing long ball the joke will be d- d- oh, d- someone said like that didn't they yeah about us Stoke or something yeah playing like prime Stoke and I remember us walking home talking um, walking home from school going oh Cardiff City don't really have a style of football like Stoke do we don't really have a brand of football necessarily really that- I remember us saying that and so now, I, feel like, I feel like we do. We do now, for sure. But I, mean, I don't that's think we did in that the, in the Malky era. You, hmm? That's why, like, in the Malky era or the yeah. Ollie era, maybe. Yeah. No, but like when we had Jay Bothroyd and Chopper up front. Yeah. Were we a long we had, ball team then? And then we, we were very much four four two, like fast wingers, weren't we? Like, yeah. Scuffle wingers, get the ball in the box. Jay Bothroyd, big man, little man up top. Yeah. Very kind of traditional. Yes. Football team, I think. But I, I'm pretty sure I remember saying that. Hmm. And now, it, the, the complete opposite is true. We've marketed ourselves as this, <laughs> this like, Route 1 yeah. football team. And I don't, know, I don't think... I don't think we've always been that. Hmm. I think, it, I think it's... I, yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think, yeah... Well, let's move, on. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to, 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 to Newport, who um, had a bad loss on uh, in their last game. They lost 1-0 at home to Exeter. 
and like extra were seconds so it wasn't obviously that why like, extra were good so it wasn't like it was like a a loss to a really bad team but at the same time when you're looking for promotion you don't want to be losing at home to other promotion sides yes so that was disappointing you put on our eighth um, they're one point off the playoffs and three points off the automatics although Port Vale are in that last automatic position they've got a game on hand on Newport okay but it's still very tight like a couple of you know a couple of good wins and they're definitely playoff material and possibly could even still look at the automatics but at the moment they're a bit off the pace and they do need some big results I think yeah. it's, it's tight it's like it's, 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 just, it's just very tight and and it will be down to those big games and whether they can perform in those big games as it gets closer and closer to the end yeah let's hope they can yeah because yeah it would be annoying to like chuck it all away now yeah they're, well talking about big games they've got a big game on Saturday they're playing mm. away at Swindon Swindon the 10th but they're one point behind Newport and they've got a game on hand on Newport okay. so they're actually probably yeah, they're definitely big rivals of Newport and possible people that could overtake Newport so so that's an important game to definitely not lose and hopefully win definitely yeah mm. let's let's keep our fingers crossed yeah should we move on to Wrexham? Yeah, that would show us up. That's some bad news, but Wrexham are fantastic. I mean, I say fantastic. They were so in the last league game they played Dover. Mm. And Dover were already relegated at this point, so really being too relegated at this point in the year is pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they had some financial troubles. Okay, yeah, but um, but yeah, and they at home Wrexham doing fantastically in, in everything, you know. Yeah, they went five two down. <laughs> um, quite an, an amazing game because they went two 0 up, mm-hmm. and went five two down. <laughs> to concede five against Dover is yeah, pretty, pretty great. tragic because they spent a lot on their defence. Yeah, well. and then uh, yeah, it gets the ninety minutes wrapped and it's five four, mm. uh, and then two goals at the time, one in the ninety seventh minute for Wrexham, for you know to win six five. Yeah. Um, which is just, it's just incredible. Yeah. I think it does kind of make you think that this could be Wrexham's year, you know, results like that. Definitely, yeah. Just, yeah, hard to believe, really. It, it, it does seem like their year. Momentum is a massive thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the momentum is definitely with Wrexham yeah. at the minute. Well, they, they used that momentum then because they went on to their FA Trophy semi final then. Oh, that was a lovely segue. <laughs> <laughs> so they played at, at home. They played Stockport County, who we've seen live. We've been to yes. Stockport. We were part of the Blue and White Army. <laughs> and yeah, Stockport are top of the league by a long way in the National League. Uh, very much kind of striding towards being champions. Yeah. So that was a very tough game. But Which they, is important because there's only one play, uh, yeah. automatic promotion spot. Um, but yeah, they won 2-0 again, two goals in added time. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely late, left it late. But but again, if, yeah. if we're looking at teams that are going to win cups and win promotions it's those late goals isn't it you know, think about like Fergie time and stuff like that yeah you know it's that kind of thing that kind of makes you think that it's going to be their year, their year definitely and if treat yourself to watching the, that mm. that first one especially yeah. that first I think it's all over Ryan Reynolds Twitter and Instagram <laughs> it'll be easy to find <laughs> uh, that first yeah, injury dying goal is oh it's spectacular yeah. <laughs> and for that to be yeah the goals put them one or left in the semi-final of the FA Trophy. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, the goal to effectively take them to Wembley, mm. which will be a, a great day out. 
Yeah, so the 22nd of May. Uh, yeah, going to Wembley. They're playing Bromley in the final. Yeah. Um, so that would be very interesting. I, th- I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win, win some oh, silver. Think they're win, yeah. If oh, they can keep up this form, because obviously that's quite far away still. Yeah. And they, uh, they, things can be very different then. You know, maybe they've lost a few games and they're lacking confidence. But if they can keep it up and they're still going for promotion, yeah, I think they'll they'll carry that form into the the final. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll we'll yes. try and watch that. Yeah. But looking towards the league, they've got two games this week. So tonight, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. which well tonight is Tuesday. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're playing Barnet at home. Uh, who Barnet are sixteenth. And mm-hmm. then on Saturday they're home to Eastleigh, Eastleigh seventeenth. So uh, two okay. definitely winnable games. They've got to, I think, get six points from them. And interestingly, because of the way I think with COVID and things like that, the way that's affected the league, um, Wrexham now have their next four league games at home. Oh, so that's, that's good. a really big opportunity to to really put, push themselves forward, isn't it? Yeah, because they haven't made that mm. racehorse into a, a fortress. Yeah. Yeah. So but wish yeah. them luck. Let's talk about cycling, shall we? Let's, because there's been some Welsh cycling news, and it's not about Garrett Thomas. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about the next big thing in Welsh cycling, which hopefully will be Ethan Vernon, who just won his first stage in a senior tour, which is very impressive. So he became, so he's 21. He signed his first professional contract this at the start of this season. And then, about two weeks later, he won his first stage. Wow, that's really good. So yeah, he won stage five of the Volta a Catalan, which is the tour around Catalonia, um, in Spain or not in Spain, depending on your preferences. So yeah, it was his sixteenth day as a professional, and he won. So he cycles for Quick Step Alpha Vinyl, which is a big tour team, and they probably most famously have Mark Cavendish on their roster. So Mark Cavendish from the Isle of Mark Cavendish from the Isle of Man. And he last Tour de France. So he's thirty six now, I think. And they signed him and took him to the Tour de France because their other sprinter dropped out. So in cycling and in tours you can do a couple of things and you can win a couple of things. So tours take place over multiple days and you can consider them individual races. So the Tour de France takes place over weeks and each day is a different race. So you can start out the day and try and win that day and win that stage, which is exactly what Ethan did in Catalonia. So you can do that or you can try and get one of the jerseys. Uh, And if you are the fastest around all of the stages added up, you get the right to win his jersey, which in the Tour de France is yellow. Or you can try and win as many stages or as many sprints as possible. So sometimes with, with the more boring stages or some of the more mountainous stages, they'll have a s- sprint halfway along the stage. And if you win that sprint, you get points for the green jersey in the Tour de France, which is what Mark Cavendish does. Or you can try and win as many mountain stages as possible and win the polka dot jersey. So quick step alpha vinyl don't really go for the yellow jersey they don't have a gc rider which is what they call the general classification which is riders that try and go for the quickest overall and the rest of the team if you have a gc rider 
just tries to get the GC rider at that qualification by doing a couple of things, helping them out on, on the road, giving them water, going back to the team car, getting them snacks, or cycling in front of them, and because of the tailwinds, um, mm. you can go in their slipstream, and that's a massive thing. But quick step alpha vinyl are just going for those sprint stages and trying to win the green jersey which is what they did last year at the Tour de France with Mark Cavendish so Ethan Vernon won the sprint at stage 5 which is very impressive because he's definitely getting some really good riders so hopefully he can carry on this form and be the next great sprinter in mm. the Tour de France which is very exciting he's very exciting to watch a sprinter because watching Mark Cavendish last year in the Tour de France was very exciting. Mm. So hopefully, the last thing, he's so young that he could still transition to be a mountain uh, or yeah. a GC rider. Like We're not entirely sure what he's going to be, but he might be a sprinter. Yeah, well that's good. Another young Welsh athlete doing yeah. very well on the world stage. So he'll probably go to the Commonwealth Games mm. and uh, be, uh, be helping out Geraint, hopefully win that mm. and bring home a gold to Wales. Yeah. So very exciting. Yeah. Should we move on to our, our wheels on top to yes. finish the, this very long podcast? <laughs> this very long podcast. <laughs> so this week's wheels on top, I'll try and keep it small, is Lauren Price, who, for those of you who don't know, she went to Tokyo for the Olympics and won gold in boxing. Now, Olympic boxing don't let you be a professional and still compete. So she faced a decision... Yeah, she faced a decision whether to turn pro or to stay and try and defend her Olympic title in Paris in a couple of years. And she has decided to turn pro. So why she's Wales, uh, Wales on top is because hopefully in a couple of years she will be world champion, mm. which is what she's aiming for now, um, which is very good. Not an obscure sport, but thought worth a mention. Yeah, no, that's, that's very exciting. Because, yeah. She was a, she was a star of Tokyo, yeah. Um, and she won Wales's only gold medals. She didn't actually win that many, so look out for her, and try and follow her career because I'm sure it'll be an interesting one. Hmm. Well, th- thank you for <laughs> listening. To, well, which episode is it? Five. Episode five, yeah. Thank you for listening to episode five of Not in Wales. <laughs> if you've said it to the end, then <laughs> we are impressed.